When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And we're back. What's up, Charity? Hi. Do you know what aggravates me? What? Literally the second we got done recording last week and I sent the podcast out into the the ethers of the internet. Yes. This case right here had a massive update. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Charges dropped against Alec Baldwin in fatal rush shooting. Guys, he called me. I was so mad. He called me while he was watching TMZ and he goes, oh my God, I was right. I was right all along. (laughs) When... A, I love TMZ. I think they're phenomenal. Yes. I watch this show every single night. Um, but they they look at things a little differently than I do. But when they agree with every single thing that I said. Yeah. Looked like they basically had some DA was looking to make a name for themselves. But let's go ahead and read this synopsis here, Charity. Let's do it. Charges have been dropped against Alec Baldwin in the fatal shooting of cinema photographer Helena Hutchins on the set of the Western movie Rust after quote-unquote new facts surface in recent days. Quote-unquote. He did the air quotes, guys. I did. The announcement came two and a half months after New Mexico prosecutors filed involuntary manslaughter charges against Baldwin. In a statement, the special prosecutors appointed by the New Mexico 1st Judicial District Attorney, Mary Carmark. I think the longer your title is, like, the less important you really are. You think so? Oh, yeah, because for my real job, like, I made my title really, really long. What is it? 
director of communications and media development. Oh, I like that. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you get put in charge of making your I own think, title. I think, can you give me a title for Case Watch? You are the That's What She Said ambassador of Case Watch True Crime Podcast. I love that. I have my t-shirt on, guys. I know. I'm like all of a sudden looking around my for Michael inspiration. Scott. Yep. But uh, anyways, the... Well, anyways, the statement went on to say that new facts were revealed as authorities prepared for the May 30, May 3rd, sorry, preliminary hearing. The statement from Carrie Morrison and Jason Lewis does not say what those facts are, but say they require additional information and forensic analysis. Oh. Ooh, big words. Consequently, we cannot proceed under the current time constraints and on the facts and evidence turned over by law enforcement in its existing form. We, therefore, will be dismissing the involuntary manslaughter charges against Mr. Baldwin to conduct a further investigation. Mm. The FBI piped up along on the same thing, Charity. Guess what they said? What? The gun was modified. So what? So before, remember, they said they, they looked at it and the trigger had been pulled. Now they're saying it hadn't been? If I remember the facts of the case, it went... The only way this gun will fire is if Mr. Baldwin put his finger yes. on that trigger and pulled. Yes, that's what I remember, too. I remember the woman prosecutor holding up the gun, pointing at the trigger, saying, Mr. Baldwin aimed this gun at Helena Hutchins and pulled the trigger. Right. Well, the FBI just said he didn't. That apparently the gun was modified, and if you nudge the gun the right way, guess what? It goes off. Hey, guys, what have we learned? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what what. By my perspective, what went on here, okay? I'm going to say what I've been saying from day one. Alec Baldwin needed to shut his mouth. Mm -hmm. He made this 4,000 times worse for himself. If he had never gone on national TV and made it all about him right after the death of, a, of an innocent woman, then people wouldn't have been so angry and wanted to target him and take him down. If he just had kept his mouth shut, like we said from the very beginning... Back in the day, there was a wrestler that used to say, know your role and shut your hole. Exactly. Do you know what's sad about this, though? What? Hannah Gutierrez-Reed still facing a plethora of charges. I know. Because at the end of the day, you know, Hannah doesn't have as much money as Baldwin does, so I know. can't really mouth as good of a defense. Yeah. I just find it. Ready? Let, let, let's go ahead and picture this here. I'm sorry, but I find it hard that the charges that remain... On this horrible crime, let's remember, Helena Hutchins lost her life this day. Yes. Her husband's life has now changed. Her child's life has now changed for the rest of their lives. Right. The one person who is now facing charges on this is Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who was not even there that day. Right. To me, that seems a little odd. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I mean, we... Maybe, well, we, I don't want to clump you in it. I irritated a lot of people by saying yeah, Baldwin was going to get away. I said that from day one because at the end of the day, it's about facts. Right. There's a movie where he says, it doesn't matter what the truth is. It matters what you can prove in court. Yeah. And they didn't have a case. They never had a case. They no. were grandstanding, hoping that Baldwin would roll over and just get, you know, take a deal and move on. So the the director, Joel Souza, yep. he was the other one who got shot. Correct. So you don't hear anything about him. Is about he is he he's not suing anybody he's not i don't know he's completely been under the radar which is what alex should have done but didn't uh he was injured but he was one of the directors so is that why i don't know the part that bothers me like i said is that this was never about justice this was never about 
finding of truths. This was just all about pointing the finger and trying to make a name for yourself. Yep. And it, it's horrible because a lot of these cases are that way. Yep. Here's a case that came across my visions that I was just like, huh, really? that's odd. And I just we're not going to do a full dive into it, but I think eventually we should. But I just wanted to kind of go ahead and read this to you because it's kind of a little like, wow. What kind of life do you really live? And wh what do you know about your actual partners and stuff like that? It's kind of sketch. Oh. Police arrested a 31-year-old Georgia man earlier this month after he allegedly killed his wife just one day after celebrating their wedding anniversary. Christopher Dean Snow of Gainesville had been charged with felony murder in connection with the death of his wife, 32-year-old Casey Lynn May Allen. Officers responded to a welfare check at the Spring Valley Apartments on April 15th, found Alan dead of multiple stab wounds. According to Alan's sister, Tiffany Agree, the couple celebrated their one-year wedding anniversary on April 14th, Charity. That's so wow, sad. That's supposed so to be the sad. day you pull that cake out, you, you break it out, and you eat that other section of the cake. But unfortunately, this is not what happened here. On April 14th, like I said, they were celebrated their one-year wedding anniversary which is supposed to be a super, super happy time. Like, I've had three one-year wedding anniversaries in my life. <laughs> I like that first-year wedding anniversary so much. I did that that S three times. And then, he, and then he's like, peace. I'm done. Peace out. I'm out. <laughs> they also welcomed their first child together, Alan's fourth, on December 11th. She was the happiest I had seen her in so long, Agui said. Per the outlet, she kept saying how great of a dad he is. I don't know how... Maybe that's a little hmm, twisting of the truth or, there. Or, you know, when people make a point to tell you over and over and over how awesome somebody is, so oh, sometimes yeah. means they're the opposite of awesome. That usually is what I, I was saying. Yep. Agi went on to say that she received the tragic news during a call with her sister's ex-husband, who is the father of Alan's three oldest children. He said, Casey is dead and I'm just, I'm just... I'm just, I threw my phone. I started screaming. I just, I fell into a fetal position and I just kept screaming, no, 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 no. Ugh. When you can't put the words together, like we've all been there. It's horrible. So sad. Alan's brother-in-law has set up a GoFundMe campaign to help with the funeral expenses and to support Alan's children ages nine, seven, three, and three months. Oh my God. All of these children are now living without a mother. All of the funds will go towards helping them and help during such a tragic time. Three of the children are now living full-time with their father while the infant lives with Casey's former mother-in-law. Former in-laws. It doesn't specify mother-in-law. Sorry, okay. I wanted to go ahead and fix that. Alan, a New York native, was described as someone who had a giant heart of gold and was always trying to help anybody in need. Casey's greatest joy in life was being a mom to her four amazing children, she enjoyed cooking, running, spending time with friends, and game nights. Though investigators said they quickly identified Snow as the lead suspect, a motive for the violence remains unknown. Authorities tracked him to Gwinnett County, where he had been taken into custody after being involved in a car, a car crash on I-95. Gainesville police confirmed to 11 Alive that they did not chase Snow prior to responding to the crash scene. It's unclear whether the crash was intentional or accidental. I'm going to apologize for my wheezing if anybody can hear it. Like, me and Charity just noticed it, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. That's called karma, because it's you always all, say stuff about my sniffling. It's not all the coke I sniff. I guarantee that's not <laughs> what it is. Snow remains hospitalized due to his injuries, which were not specified by police. 
It is unclear if he has retained an attorney to speak on his behalf. Our thoughts and prayers are now with the family of Casey and her children. Gainesville Police Chief Jay Parrish said in a statement posted to Facebook, sadly, multiple families have been impacted by this horrific event. As an agency, we continue to support the families even long after the events have completed. Guys, if you are experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. Remember, all calls are toll-free and confidential, and the hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. That is so sad. So he's still in the hospital right now. Yep. And we is he's he's do we know if he's awake if he's we don't know anything they have not yet. released this any ju- of this this just happened this is something that I want to continue on oh my god that is so sad do you guys like when we kind of touch on little bits of news stories we're trying to retool and do a couple new little things here and there so do you, if you guys like the little stories let us know because we like put them in and as stuff comes up then we talk about them more we're just trying to give the people what they want I think it's good I I, I like hearing current news stuff even if it's not around me because yeah. if it's not near you, you may not hear about it. And it could be cases that like the one you just read, which are horrific. Yeah. You know what else is a horrific case? What's that? That if you, you should be living under a rock if you haven't heard about it. The doomsday mom. I don't know anything about this case. Oh my God, Mark. I know you, Charity was trying to tell me about this earlier. I'm like, I looked at her five times finally. I was like, Charity, I, what part of, I don't know anything about this case. Do you not get? is. You sent me oh, a little. I want to look at it. My God. So I'm just going to read a little bit. This is from just kind of a little synopsis. My ears are perked. It's from CBS News. Um, so Lori Vallow, Vallow Daybell is on trial in Boise, Idaho, for her alleged role in the deaths of her 16 year old daughter, Tylee Ryan, and her seven year old adopted son, Joshua, or JJ Vallow, and her husband's first wife, Tammy Daybell. She had pleaded not guilty. So. That many people dead, okay? That's crazy. Um, The trial is expected to last for up to 10 weeks. Um, It started on April 10th. And guys, I've been following this. And they found the children's dead bodies in her new husband's backyard. (sighs) Yes. Chad Vallow. Who, or Dave, no, because her, her, was that me or you? That would be me. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, I thought he shut mine off. Um. So, from they're calling it like a cult doomsday kill, right? Okay. Because the new husband, when she met him, she they were both still married, I believe, or she, he was still married, and he's this. I don't know. They were talking about you know the world ending and saying some weird things. People all of a sudden the kids disappeared. What the heck? Her ex husband ended up dead. His ex wife ended up dead. So there's two different trials here because, and. I'm telling you right now, I watched a little bit yesterday and they were talking about um, they had gone through their cell phone records. These were not smart people, guys. All right. <laughs> um, so I was watching one one uh, court reporter and she said, what we basically have learned is if you're going to kill somebody, don't use a phone and ride a horse to, to dispose of the body because. Wait, what? Right. Because I need to do some reading, I guess. No, because, no, basically they used their vehicles, of course, which could be tracked. They used their vehicles, their cell phones. They searched all kinds of crap on their, on the internet, on their computers. And all of this information was found. And it was released. 
I find this so crazy. Crazy. And those poor kids. So I, I want to find out. And I don't know if she'll ever, ever admit what actually happened to them. She knows. Oh, has to. She knows. And why would you bury them in your new husband's backyard? That is odd to me. Odd. And this poor little boy, everyone describes him. He's um, special needs. Little JJ was the most vibrant, loving. I mean, the daughter, too, was great from what people say. But it's just, it's disgusting. I, I These cases really, really bother me. But I, I feel the need to have to watch them because it's, it's in- crazy. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Oh, and I also have a little more information on Sarah Boone. Do you remember we talked about her? I Um, do. Yeah. She was the one who woke up in the morning and, oh, my God, my boyfriend was dead in a suitcase, zipped up. Okay. (laughs) So I I was been looking into this a little bit more. And um, basically, uh, she had said they had one bottle of wine and she didn't know what happened. He zipped himself in. They were playing hide and seek. She helped zip him in. It was funny. Ha ha. Laugh, laugh, laugh. And she went off to bed, right? Just went off to bed. No, she passed out, guys, because she was hammered. There were pictures and videos on her phone of him pleading with her to get let him out of the suitcase. And she was maniacally laughing, saying, no, wow. you deserve this. So what there's two sides to the story. People. They definitely had a horrific, volatile relationship. They were both alcoholics. They both got physical with each other. They're, like I said before, she is going to, um, I think, going to go uh, claim battered, battered woman syndrome. But I don't, I don't know how that's going to pan out because they showed the suitcase in one of the videos like – at the bottom of the stairs. Like she kicked it down the stairs. Oh my God. And he couldn't breathe. He kept saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I, yeah, this is not okay. So I'm interested to see what happens with that too, because I just, you can't, these things, I mean, in, and you can listen to the full interrogation with her. It's online. I'm going to have to check this it out. Is, she is so matter of fact and was like, We've been good lately. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. First, I didn't know how he ended up in the suitcase. And then she came up with the hide and seek story. And then she kept going back and forth. And it was, it's, guys, Did watch they it. Ask her straight out about the videos. She didn't know because she was hammered. Whoa. So what they, so at the end of the, the interrogation, they said, is there anything else you want to say to us? And she said, no, she goes, she goes, I, I, it wasn't intentional that he died. I don't know how he died. Kept going on and on. And they said, we've already read you your rights. Like, you're not going home. And she's like, what do you mean I'm not going home? I, I thought if I came in and talked to you guys, I'd be able to go home. And they said, no, you're not going home. You're going to, you're being arrested. Did you know, did you know on your phone you had some pictures and video? And she's like, what? And they were like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have you watch it. Wow. Yeah. She goes, I don't, I don't recall that at all. I don't remember. So she must've been guys more than hammered. So now this brings into my question, how much did she really cognizantly know? I don't know. I don't know. Or she knew what she knew what happened, but just kind of forgot that she videoed it. I don't know. So, yeah, follow that one, too, guys. I don't know. 
I can't comment on it either way because right. I've never been in a situation Me like neither. this. No, I have. I don't. I don't. It's just such an awkward. The nine one one call. They they were asking her, "Is he all in one piece?" Because <laughs> you think of a suitcase, right? Yeah. How can you get it in person? I mean, I, it's going to be an awful big suitcase to get Mark inside of it. I can tell you that. <laughs> Somebody needs to buy some uh, some reciprocating saw blades if you're getting Stop me into one. Stop that. There, Stop it. I, I'm, there's a lot of me and not a lot of suitcase. I can Stop tell you that. Stop it. <laughs> well, I have a case today. Yay. Um, And it's, it's well, we're just going to give the gentleman's name we're going to be talking about because okay. I don't want to give too much more. I just want to get into it. <laughs> wait, wait. That needs this. Oh, Hold that's on. what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> it's been a while since I've hit that. Uh, oh, oh, you can hit it again. That's what she said. It's been a while since I hit that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a kitty. All right. So. Full annoying in effect. With I, love right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Pedro Alonso Lopez was born on October 8th, 1948 in Venadillo, Colombia. I okay. apologize if I'm saying that in- incorrectly. He was the seventh born child out of 13 to his mother, Benilda Lopez de Castana- Cast- Castaneda. I love the I love the long names. Next I case, do. can we just do like John Smith? I know. <laughs> Let's find one that we can Ooh, pull. If we get out. a really big douchebag, we can just change their name to something. Yes. We'll do that maybe. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. Benilda was a prostitute, and his father, Medardo Reyes, was actually married to another woman when he got Benilda pregnant. Huh. Yeah. Medardo was killed while shopping at a grocery store by a by a Mob six months before Pedro was born, so he he died before. So this attack was La Violencia. I of course had asked my bestie about this war, and here is what she had to say. First off, La Violencia translated means the violence, right. which which makes perfect sense when we're talking about a war. The violence was a 10-year civil war in Colombia from 1948 to 1958 between the Colombian Conservative Party and the Colombian Liberal Party. Um, They fought mainly in the countryside. It goes into more specifics, but clearly Medardo was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and one of these groups wanted to prove a point. So it sounds like they just ran in and said, we're going to shoot this shop up and, you know, be on the news and whatever. Not very nice. Not nice at all. Medilda has said that she was... Wait, what? Wait, did I say that wrong? This sounded like a lot lot like something else. You probably said it right, but... No, you said it right, Oh, no, Benilda. There we go. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Mark's listening. Oh, he is. Benilda has said that she was a wonderful mother to Pedro. Loving, caring, nurturing, all the things a mother should be. Pedro has made many claims saying that was not the case. He says his mother was horribly mean and abusive. He has also said that his mother would let him w- watch her having sex with her johns or clients. I mean, I'm all for watching that kind of stuff, but no, none of your your family. That's gross. And when you're eight years old? I would have watched. Or six or whatever it was. I don't know. Um, these particular clients um, would often enjoy hitting her during sex. So it was like violent sex. And when Pedro was eight years old, he allegedly was caught molesting his younger sister. 
Yeah, see, if that's what you're learning by watching um, your mom, exactly. it's horrible. Instead of trying to get him help or find out why he was doing this, he was kicked out of the house having to fend for himself. Um, how do you think that worked for him, being kicked out at eight years old? I want to say not well. Well, little Pedro roamed around for a few days, not knowing how to take care of himself. I'm sure he was scared and extremely hungry. What kind of mother kicks an eight-year-old out? An eight-year-old that was probably... Um, replicating what he had seen his mother doing many times with her clients. Just as you said, Mark, right? Like, yeah. why do you think he was acting in that way? That you little- ever seen that meme that has the little kid and he's screaming obscenities at another kid, but behind the bad kid is the mom's mouth and her tongue is going into the child? Yes. That's exactly what yes. happens. This is learned behavior. Exactly. Just what you think might happen to a little boy wandering around for days unattended. He met a man, a man who promised him food and a safe place to sleep. Pedro jumped at the thought of food and rest and went with the man. The man took Pedro to an abandoned house and raped him over and over. It's horrible. He then let him go. The poor kid was molested frequently while living on the streets. So not even just by him. He was just target. I mean, you're, you're a kid by yourself that young. An adult who's yeah, so a predator. All these predators are just, you're, you're now just making it easier yep. for them. Pedro was looking for protection and found a group of other children living on the street like him. The group protected each other from predators, etc. It's been said they would fight for food and safe places to sleep using knives and belts. This sort of kid gang, gang was known to smoke bazooka. Bazooko. I guess the drug was a form of cocaine. Whoa. <laughs> Huh. I think if I would, I think I would run if I saw a gang of like high nine year old nine year old high bazooka. kids coming at me with belts and knives. Guess what I smoked the other day? What? I had to tell you this. I haven't had one of these forever. One of the candy cigarettes. Did you? Yep. Wait, was it the one that w- that's the gum that nope. actually the powder comes nope. out? No, nope. the, nope. these are the the powder pu- ones that look pu- pure sugar. Yep, love those. They don't have the red end on them anymore. I was slightly upset. Oh, probably because it looks too real. I sat there. Because Kristen got him. I don't know where she got him. She's like, would you like a candy cigarette? And I'm like, I... How many of them did you smoke the whole pack? I did three. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I did three. How'd it make you feel? I was pretty pretty excited. I was like, I, I the seven-year-old me growing up in Claremont, New yep. Hampshire, is now like living through this Absolutely. middle-aged old dude. Yeah. Love, I, I used I to love it. those. Sorry to sidetrack, but the, you just when you had mentioned that, I was like, oh my God, that's right. I smoked something new this week. Yeah. Wow. I'm really excited. Thank you for sharing with us, Mark. People like my sharing. They do. And if they don't, then, you know, we don't have to listen. And there's 10 billion other podcasts you can go listen to. Exactly. Pedro stayed in the street gang for about four years. I couldn't find any information of how it came about, but at age 12, he was taken in by an American family. The family enrolled him in school in a school for orphans, but he ran away after a teacher molested him. This is sad. Really, really, really sad. Super sad. So he finally, this family that, that's living in Columbia, that's an American family, sees this boy, sees he needs help, take him into their loving family just for this to happen to him again. What upsets me is when people in positions of authority take advantage because now that kid probably all he ever thought was is I, I can trust these kind of people and yep. he just proved them wrong. Well, it's almost like pedophiles can tell if a child has been molested before and that's why they pick them. Like, oh, they're already damaged goods. In my humble opinion, if you are of said issues, you shouldn't even be here anymore. Or just cut your pot off. No, I just think you should be 
basically you should just be put into jail and whatever happens happens. Yeah. True. Because you you ruin someone for you can possibly ruin somebody oh, for no a lifetime. Oh, no possibly about it. You ruin for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? And it, I don't know. There's all kinds of No matter what you do in the rest of your life, if something like that happens to you, I've talked to many people that this has happened to. It's just it's always in their head. It's always in their mind. It's always in their thoughts. It shapes how they live. It shapes how they they trust people. It shapes how they build relationships. Yeah. It's horrible. Yep. You've stolen that from this person for the rest of their life. I know. Horrible. Let's move forward to 1965. Pedro would have been about 21 years old. I can only imagine how hardened he already was considering all he had been through and endured. 1969 was the first time Pedro went to prison. He was caught stealing a car. He would do this frequently. He would steal cars and sell them to chop shops um, for cold, hard cash. So apparently he thought he was really good at it, but he wasn't that good because he did get caught. I'm shocked. Most criminals are not that good yeah. at it. I'm, I'm shocked this was the first time he got caught, though, right? If he had been doing it for a while. Yeah, it, you're, you're right on with that. He was sentenced to seven years in prison. While he was serving his sentence, he was raped by four other inmates. This act must have triggered some deep-seated anger inside of him from all the other times he was raped. Only a few days after he was raped, Pedro got revenge, killing all four of the men that raped him one by one. I can't really blame him. He did this using a shiv that he made all by himself. That's kind of like a shank guy, guys. But what's different than a a shiv from a shank? I don't know. Did you ask your your best friend? No. Should we look it up? Look it up. Read on and I'm going to look up. He killed the head honcho, though, of the group with his bare hands, strangling him to death. So the guy that was like the head of the four that made the decision to rape him, he's like, yeah, you're not getting shivved, dude. You're getting strangled. All right. I got I got uh, my best friend, Mr. Wiki. Okay. The term shiv is slang for any sharp pointed object that is used as a knife and can be created out of anything from a shard of glass to a hardened, sharpened toothbrush handle. Similarly, shank refers to a makeshift knife-like weapon, and the two terms are often used interchangeably. Oh, guys. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Um, The killings were labeled as self-defense, and for that reason, Pedro only got an extra two years tacked on to his original seven-year sentence. Ah, Well worth it in my eyes. I would say he was pretty darn lucky, though, because that wouldn't happen in all prisons, you know? Pedro was released from prison in 1978. He attempted to start fresh, traveling through South America, eventually setting up home in Peru. Looks like he has totally learned his lesson and is now making an honest life for himself. Right, Mark? Um, I know you well enough to know that that is not the case. Um, It looks as if he just could not help himself. And um, while in South Central Peru, he decided it would be a good idea to abduct a nine-year-old girl. Ugh. See, now he... Is now becoming what happened to him. It's the the child that was affected by a predator becomes the predator. Usually becomes, yeah. Um, guys, I gotta make a little comment here, oh not boy. to interrupt, but Mark literally can't sit still. Like he's over <laughs> there and he's listening, but he's like finding cords. He's moving this. He's doing that. He's people that know me personally know that. Like my office, I have a new office, so I don't just work at home anymore. So I know I'm not in this office very often anymore. So now I'm like finding cables that I was literally screaming at Kristen about moving. Like, where'd you put that that lightning cable that I'm missing? Oh boy. 
And you had them all along. Guess what I just found? Oh, you have to apologize to Kristen when you go out there. Nah, she's Anyways, all good. So this nine-year-old girl that he tried to abduct um, happened to be part of the indigenous tribe. I'm so going to mess this up. Ayacuchon. Ayacuchon. I actually think you did pretty good. Thanks. Someone from the tribe caught him before he could take the little girl and took him captive. I would have been pooping my pants if I were him. Like, right. you don't mess. Like, a tribe? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The Aya Cuchones took all Pedro's clothes off and confiscated any personal items that he had on him. They then buried him in the sand. I would say if I was the Aya Cucho tribe, I would have been like, excuse me, Mr. Molester, point out on this doll what you were going to do to her, oh. and now we're going to do that to you. Wow. They buried his, his naked body and him in the sand so just his head just the top of his head was sticking out and he couldn't move and the plan was to pour syrup on his head this is some breaking bad let, stuff and let ants eat him alive so we i just started rewatching breaking bad again i love it so good okay um lucky for him an american missionary was able to talk the tribe out of taking things into their own hands and contact the authorities instead boo yep as i researched on i really wish the tribe would have just done to him what they wanted or would have kept him captive and let the ants have their way with him. Because I mean, it would have know. been fun to watch. Well, it would have stopped a lot of things. I guess the police just didn't want to deal with him, so they kicked him out of the country. Pedro went right back to traveling through South America, looking for young girls to take and do God knows what with. Horrible. It was noticed by many in law enforcement that during this time, there was quite the increase in young women and girls being reported missing. They just chalked it up to a bigger problem, a problem we are still dealing with in present day all over the world, human trafficking. So they just thought it was human trafficking. April of 1980, areas in and around Ecuador had flash floods making a mess of the lands. The flooding jostled some young, young girls' dead bodies from the ground. Uh-oh. These bodies were of some of the missing girls reported and thought to be victims of human trafficking. The police decided the remains of the bodies were enough to reopen an investigation into their disappearances. Shortly after the massive flash of floods, a woman named Carvina Poveda was on her way to the local market with her 12-year-old daughter Marie to do some shopping. Pedro tried to take Marie unsuccessfully, thank goodness. Brave store owners saw what was happening and jumped to action, detaining Pedro physically while they waited for the police to arrive. The police came and took him in for an intense interrogation. Pedro refused to say anything to authorities. He wouldn't answer any of their questions at all. And all he said was um, that he was a good person, quote unquote. I mm. mean, if you have to tell people that you're a good person. I'm a good person. <laughs> that might mean that you're not. That must have been so frustrating for law enforcement, knowing that you likely have the dude that's been abducting and killing young girls, and he is just sitting there silent. I I couldn't do I couldn't be some of these investigators like they, like if someone's sitting across the table from you and you and you know that they're your guy or girl and you can't get anything that must be so frustrating. It's going to be horrible. I wouldn't you, have the patience. I watch a lot of ID on Discovery, obviously, because that's what Kristen's obsessed with. Yep. But it's like pulling teeth to get her to come on the show. It's horrible. Like, I don't understand it. I know. It's like she loves crime more than me and Charity put together. But yet she's like, you want to come on the show? She's like, yeah, no. I know. You have to watch some of these investigators that have to sometimes be buddy buddies with yep. these people that do horrific things. I don't know how they can do it. 
I don't either. All the faith in the world for them to do what they do to bring these people to justice, but yep. I just don't know how they can right. do it. Right, they become like good good cop, bad cop. Yeah, the, I understand. Yep. I, I feel the like bad, I get it. Yep, the mean cop leaves the room and the good yeah. cop takes over. I can't like, understand how yeah. bad that must be to do. I, I don't, I can't either. It's horrible. Um, so Pedro told a lieutenant that he was a Colombian drifter. The lieutenant became so enraged after hearing this, he beat him and told him he knew he was responsible for all the girls' deaths. Still, Pedro kept his mouth shut, even after the frustrated lieutenant said he would kill him if he didn't convince. See, this is this would have I would have been this lieutenant. Yep. <laughs> that would have been me. That's why charity's not, because I would totally want to kick the crap out of them, especially when it comes to children and stuff, you know? Um, so he was thrown in the clink, guys. I in the what? The clink. Oh, I love the clink. Yeah. I haven't heard that um, one for a while. I know. I assume until they had more evidence or until he started talking. So they were like, got enough on you with you trying to take this girl. You just go, go in there. And when you want to start talking, maybe you can, we'll, we'll talk here. Yeah, right. Um, here is a sneaky little twist. The police captain at the time was Pastor Cordova. He was set up as Pedro's prison roommate to try and get information out of him. Isn't that cool? That is pretty I cool. I love this. It's like something you'd see on TV. Pastor was able to get Pedro talking. He said he left one of the girls in a cabin just outside outside of town. The captain took this information and found the cabin. Inside the cabin was a girl identified as Ivano, Ivanova Giacome. Ivanova was a young girl that had been reported missing. Her body, body was found nude, lying on a dirty old mattress. That's horrible. At this point, I'm sure Pedro realized he had been caught. So why not confess, right? Why not make himself look like the worst of the worst? When asked how many girls he had killed, Pedro had this to say. Over 200 in Ecuador, some tens in Peru, and many more in Colombia. Oh, my God. Authorities knew they needed to bring closure to so many of missing girls' families. So he was made to bring police to all of the areas he left the girls' bodies until all the missing Ecuador girls killed by this maniac were found. Pedro did as he was told at first— he stopped being helpful after he led the police to 30 bodies that had, he had buried in shallow graves because he realized he was going to be charged with murder for each one of them. How did he not realize this? I, I, I don't understand like I, how that was even a question in his eyes. I, I, maybe he thought he was going to receive immunity or a lesser sentence if he showed them where the bodies were. But of course, each body you're going to if you're saying you did it and you buried it there like that's I don't know. That makes no sense. Some to of me. these people are morons, Charity. And, I mean, shallow graves. He just want, didn't want to do the extra work to have an actual grave. Right. Ugh. Anyway, he changed his mind and started demanding he was innocent. That's a little crazy to do after he had already led the police to 30 deceased girls. I Again, know I've showed you half of a school, you know, half of oh a school God. grade I know. of people that I killed. It's so... But I'm innocent. This story, these stories are really really hard because when I decide who I'm, what story I'm going to research or who I'm going to research, obviously, obviously I, I read a little synopsis of it and I know what's going to happen, but when you get really, now he's going through his travel bag, guys. Anyways. I'm getting ready to go on the trip for four days. Yeah, he just pulled out a razor. No. Okay, so anyways. I just realized the bottom of this has something else in it. I'm 100% paying he, attention. I know, I know. Um, I just... I, you start to go through and when you, he just showed me his toothbrush. When you, <laughs> when you go from the beginning of them being a child and they had such horrific things happen to them 
it's like you do. You feel really bad for the child them. You 100% but do. you have a choice in life and you can either not repeat the patterns that were happened to you. I've said this numerous yeah. times. You can either rise above. Yeah. Or you can just fall right. victim. And that makes me not feel one bit bad for the adult him because you're an adult now. You know. Um, so just in Embado alone, 53 bodies were found. Many of the graves had been washed away from the flash floods, leaving the remains of some girls out in the open. It's absolutely crazy. I know. For animals to get at. So sadly, many of the families couldn't receive definite closure. Pedro's body count was left to speculation. At the least, it is believed he raped and murdered 110 girls. Unbelievable. Many say it's more like 300 girls. Because remember, it wasn't just in this area. Oh, yeah. Police that were involved in the investigation said they believe he was responsible for killing much more. That is scary. To 100%. Think, to think he got away with all of that carnage, those poor girls and the poor families. I guarantee there are serial killers that have numbers in the hundreds and hundreds, and we don't even know who they are. Yep. It's just harder now to get away with it, I think, than back in the day. Maybe not. I don't know. But you have like... It's like we talked harder about harder for stupid people to get away with. True, it. easier for smarter people to get away with. Maybe, it. maybe. Um, in 1980, Pedro was convicted of three murders. I hate when this happens. Only the th- only three. Like I it, it, it could be up to 300 or more. Anyways, he was sentenced to 16 years in prison. 16 years. I'm just like looking at 16 you. 16 like, years. Wait, what? The minimum sentence for murder in Ecuador is 16 years. Someone convicted of a small drug dealing operation could actually get a longer sentence than a person that commits a murder. Well, in the United States, you can go to jail for longer for kicking your dog than you can for kicking your wife. Yeah. Like, how is that fair? I don't know. Something doesn't seem quite right, though, with that. No, it does not. Like, why 100%. did he get the minimum? I, I, anyways, Pedro did his time at... Um, Cuitos Garcia Marino Prison. I think I'm doing pretty good with these names. Almost sounds like sounds like they sell like tacos. I know. I maybe they do. Right? Oh, I bet they do have tacos in, in those type of prisons. It's super cheap to make. Yeah. I bet all prisons have like spaghetti, tacos, rice, rice beans. What beans, else do you think? Beans the magical fruit. The more they eat, the more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel, and then you're ready for another meal. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want that going on in prison, though. We are though. so mature. You do not want that going on in no. prison, though. Ugh. No. Um, well, he, Mark, was said to be an extremely well-behaved prisoner, never having any issues. In fact, he was so well-behaved, he was released early on August 31st, 1994. <sighs> Isn't that I great? I am blown away. Isn't that amazing? That is odd to me. Yeah, he was... Totally a model prisoner. He was totes a good person, apparently. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, This release kind of seemed like a setup to me because only hours after he was released, he was arrested for being an illegal immigrant. Pedro told authorities that he had become an Ecuadorian citizen in 1974. There was no evidence of any documentation to support his claims. So he was deported back to Colombia. I wonder if this was done to nab him for the murders he committed in Colombia as he was never arrested for any of them. It may have been. May have been. Back to Bogota, he went where a full medical evaluation was done on him against his will. He was like, uh, you're not going over me medically. I'm totally fine. Just let me be go free. 
He proclaimed he had done his time and was to be set free. Um, well, a large, 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 big, big crowd was waiting for him outside the facility, ready to kill him for what he had done to the young girls of their community. Oh, too bad. Yeah, they were like not happy. Good. Uh, the citizens were not going to let him go free if they had anything to say about it. Because he was never arrested for murder in Colombia, and there was no physical evidence yet, um, they needed someone to come forward so they could put him back in prison. So he, as, as of right then, they couldn't put him in prison because um, he, he was a citizen and whatever. Well, they moved him back to El Espinal, where he had lived for years with his mother, hoping someone would come forward as a witness, etc., can I get a witness? They're just hoping that he, I think, couldn't control himself and would just go right back to doing what he was doing. Some of these people probably do. You know? But then, like, I think to myself, okay, you were in jail jail for, what, 15, 16 years, whatever. You didn't molest little girls there. Like, I, I, it's hard to, like, see how it's suppressed. Well, they obviously weren't there either, which that, exactly. makes it a little easier. That's true. That's true. Just as they thought, someone came forward right away. Alba Sanchez was from the same area and said that in 1979, she saw Pedro walk away with her daughter, Floraba. Floraba's little dead body was found raped and strangled not too long after she was abducted. So again, this is a strange thing to me because what if she saw him and said to the authorities, this is the man I saw, unless he had already taken off to go to Ecuador, I don't know. I don't know. Like, why back then, wasn't it? Mm. I don't know. A little odd to me as well. Well, anyways, this was Pedro's exact MO recorded in Ecuador. So all the, all the little girls they found were raped and strangled in abandoned places. The police were able to arrest Pedro for uh, Floraba's rape and murder. He was found guilty, but he must have had a good defense attorney because he pleaded with the judge to have Pedro go under uh, psychological evaluation before any jail time was suggested. Uh, it was agreed, and that's exactly what happened. He was deemed insane, and in 1995 was sent to a mental hospital instead of prison. Yay. This is one lucky dude. Even as far back as his first stint in the clink, only getting two extra years for murdering four inmates, then only 16 years for God knows how many murders of young girls, now a mental hospital instead of jail. Uh, you know what I wonder? I wonder if he was actually insane or if he was that convincing. He could convince the doctor that he was insane. That's a very good possibility. Right? Because why didn't anybody else? I mean, clearly we look at him and say he must be insane if he's doing oh, this. Oh, 100%. But there's a difference in the... In the... Eyes of the law. Eyes of the law. Exactly. Like, um, remember the vampire of Sacramento? Mm -hmm. Eating and drinking people's blood? He was deemed sane. Right. That And that was... That was I thought that guy was crazy, crazy, but I guess in the eyes of the law, he wasn't because he, they said he, it was, you know, he predetermined what he was going to do and who he was going to kill and all that stuff. I don't know. Um, here comes an anger alert. Uh-oh. All right, Mark. I just want you to be ready because I don't <laughs> want to just throw this on you. Just maybe just think about the yummy grilled food you're going to have in a little bit. Yes, I am. Okay. To help soften, to help soften this. Yep. In 1998. Another psychological evaluation was conducted, and Pedro shockingly was now said to be sane. <gasps> Only three years, and he was cured. Mm -hmm. Oh, go stand trial now. Yeah. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Uh, 
well, you would think, but he was diagnosed as psychopath with avoidant personality disorder. I have avoidant personality well, disorder. Well, here's what Ms. Wiki had to say about avoidant personality disorder. She says it's a fear of intimacy. Let's see if Mark really has this. She says it's a fear of intimacy, um, severe feelings of inadequacy and inferiority, and an over-reliance on avoidance of feared stimuli, imposed social isolation as a mal- maladaptive coping method. Those affected, affected typically display a pattern of extreme sensitivity to negative evaluation and rejection. A yeah, belief, that's 100% me. A belief that one is socially inept or personally unappealing to others and avoidance of social interaction despite a strong desire for it. Oh my God, that last part. That last part's me. The beginning part, not so much. Last part. My, we, we, we almost quit the show after the, the last part that was read. Yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty angry earlier yeah, today. Yeah, he almost told me we can't record this week. Anyways, <laughs> um, however, he was never diagnosed as a true psychopath. That's another thing, right, in the eyes of the law. Some of this stuff is so weird. I don't know. But that's why I like to look up definitions because, I don't know, sometimes I don't really. Burning the wiki morning hour. Oh, yeah. She loves me. We're going to get bracelets, matching best friend bracelets. I would love for you to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, now, I'm not making light of this at all. There are many people that go into a mental hospital and come up with a plan and go on to live well-adjusted, happy lives. But this guy, I don't buy it. Something doesn't seem right to me. All he required to go to, to go free was a $50 bailout. Wait, what? Yep. Oh, and he also had to promise, Mark, he had to promise to continue psychiatric treatment and check in with the police once a month. He posted bail, but never followed through with anything else. How is this possible? Seriously, like how? This dude just keeps, just gets to keep on living his life after he caused so much pain and trauma to so many others. Can you imagine the community? I mean, like they were out, they must have been outraged from his release. I would have been outraged. Yeah, like afraid. Is he going to start abducting, raping, and killing their girls once again? That's my fear. Police reported seeing him lurking. I love the word lurking, guys. That's another one of my favorites. We have shank, clink, lurking. Yeah. Isn't that a good word? We should do a shirt that has that uh, on it. Sorry, I just airdropped something to my computer. (laughs) I can't. Oops, I didn't realize it was going to be audible. People reported seeing him lurking around, but it was never confirmed it was him. The first confirmed sighting of Pedro was by his <laughs> guys. Did I you don't hear think that? that I don't think that went through. Oh, I heard it on on the headphones though. Yeah, but that's oh. probably different. Okay, so um, the first confirmed sighting was was by his mother, Benilda. Remember her? Yes. Good old Benilda. She said he knocked on her door. She admitted when she first saw him, she was sure he was going to kill her. Um, I would be too, like knowing now older, looking back on what his childhood was like and how she kicked him out right. as he had, as he has said, he blamed her for quote, every pain in his heart. He told her he was there to give her, to give her his blessings, then asked for his inheritance in life, uh, inheritance in life. That's quoted. <laughs> Okay. I think he was basically blaming her for everything, and um, he thought he deserved compensation for making him the way he was. I'd like to see how that worked out yeah. for him. Well, guys, Benilda was living in poverty, to say the least. All she could muster up to give him was a little money she'd kept hidden. Oh, and an old bed. 
telling him he could take it apart and sell the pieces for cash. I'll give you half of my my rice. Right. One half of Sandy. Right. <laughs> he then vanished. He's never- like, sure, how old is she? <laughs> <laughs> Gross. He then vanished, never to be seen again. In 2002, a murder in El Espinal was committed that fit Pedro's M.O. to the T. The police issued an arrest warrant for him thinking he was out and about still raping and murdering young girls. My question is, what did they expect? This guy was clearly capable of murdering again and again. Mm-hmm. I, remember the case we did with the, the gentleman that was transgendered and he went to jail for like till he was like 78 Yes. And then he was released and he killed his neighbor and dismembered her. Yes. So I don't think it matters how old you are. No, sometimes they're not rehabilitated. That's what I'm saying. So there's much speculation about where Pedro is. Some say he is living his life under the radar in Tolima, Colombia. Others say he is living in Bogota on the streets. Another rumor is that he may have been murdered by someone hired by a group of the victim's family members. I mean, that's a possibility. I'm fine with that. None of this is fact. Pedro is thought to still be out there evading police somehow, but it is unknown where he is. That's kind of scary. That is very scary. Right? Like, how how do you just lose the guy? How do you not know these numbers of people that are still coming up missing are not related? Exactly. Um, let's talk about Pedro Lopez's MO a little bit. Oh, right. All right. This is trigger warning here. He liked to abduct girls between the ages of 8 and 12. Horrible. Just little girls living their life. He has said that he didn't abduct white girls because, in his opinion, in his opinion, no, he doesn't get an opinion. He does, he gets an opinion, an opinion. Okay. Only we get opinions. I'm down with that. Anyways, in his opinion, their families kept a better eye on them. Hmm. Instead, he abducted local girls from very poor areas. I wonder if he thought their parents would be working a lot and not home as much, just worrying about putting food on the table. You know what I mean? Just thinking they're out playing with their friends small community. You never know, right? Yeah. Sounds like a horrible thing and thought to me. But. Yep. Once he had taken a girl, he would lure them to an area where no one would hear them or see them. He would first rape them, then strangle them to death, almost always leaving their bodies in shallow graves. This is sick. He would sometimes pile up three or four bodies in one spot, wait a bit, then return and play, quote, tea parties with the dead girl's bodies. Wait, what? That's what I... Red. That is gross. Uh huh. He has said that he only stalked and abducted the girls in the day, um, the daytime because he wanted to see their faces when he raped them and strangled him, strangled them. Here are some quotes from the sicko. I like the girls in Ecuador. They are more gentle and trusting, more innocent, not like the Colombian girls who don't trust strangers. He also said, "I lost my innocence at age of eight, so I decided to do the same to as many girls as I could." That's just... That should not be the way that worked nope. there, jackass. It's been said that he believe, believed destroying a childhood was a normal thing to do, and he craved it. All from the deep anger, from the abuse he saw and received as a young boy. Unfortunately, other than the names of the girls we mentioned in telling this story, many, if not all the other victims' names, are not truly known. This means there are so many families out there without closure, wondering what kind of hell their little girls went through at the hands of a monster. In 2006, the Guinness World Records gave Pedro Lopez the title of, quote, most prolific serial killer. There was so much back- backlash over this listing, the Guinness World Records redacted it. I'm going to say that's really not something we should no. be celebrating. Go- I, and, and good, they should redact it. Why should we it's, be... It's odd to me. Since 
you know, giving these serial killers a title like that. Because if he if he is still out there, that's just going to fuel his fire and want him to get even more. Some other guy now is going to go, ooh, I want to be the most prolific, so I need to kill more. Right. Why is that something we're celebrating? I'm glad that they took that off. Pedro is still at large here in 2023. Who knows if he is alive or dead? I just pray he isn't out there still raping and killing little girls. He is in his 70s, but evil is evil. And as we've seen in past cases, people um, are still capable of evil acts no matter what their age. It's horrible. Horrible. So this guy, I had not heard of him before. Neither have I. Um, And his actual serial killer name, I didn't want to say it in the beginning because I wanted to talk about him first in his childhood and stuff. Um, they, he's also known as the monster of the Andes. Okay. But it's, it's, if you think about it, right. So he basically did to those girls except killing them. Um, cause he wasn't killed. Obviously what, what was done to that. him at eight years old when he was abducted by that guy first, Yep. raped and raped and raped in the abandoned house. But the guy actually let him go, which I don't know. Oh, I'm going to take a vote of the audience. Ready? Uh, It's 100%. He's a total douchebag. Oh, he's a total douchebag. Yep. Well, Charity, thanks for bringing this case to light to us. And kind of like, ugh, I I can't even believe I didn't know this dude. I know. I I didn't either. And I usually know the name at least. But, you know, I didn't. There's still people. Guys, I got a list of people. She's got a list. She's checking it twice. There's no lack of sick people out there. Let's just say that. All right, guys, can you do us a massive favor now that you made it to the end of this episode? If you haven't, go on to your favorite podcast app of choice and just leave us a five-star review. Every little bit you do helps and helps us get discovered by more and more people. So. Exactly. That's that's how we have to do it. Share, let people know, because we, we want to keep doing this. We yeah. enjoy it. It's um, fun. It's fun, but, you know. It's not fun when you get kicked in the teeth every once yeah. in a while, though. And it is a lot of work, you know, but it, we enjoy it and we love our community. So, all right, we'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.